something that you thought were, for example, before the pandemic, the truth is not the truth now after the pandemic. So to have a solution that really looks at trends and look at you know how the buying behavior changes, if customers can become more data driven, but still you know have someone to also check that it really makes sense, I think that's uh, that's a very powerful combination. Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tingser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, I talk with Andrea Schullen, the co-founder and CRO at Quinix, which are helping companies from hospitality to manufacturing across the globe to manage their workforce better through their software that helps with scheduling, forecasting, engaging employees, AI, and much more. I reconnected with Andreas and it was an amazing conversation. It was one of those conversations that gave you the hope and energy to push forward in these challenging times. Andreas tells us about how their journey started in a McDonald's restaurant in Sweden where Eric worked as a crew member. And fast forwarding to today where they have offices in the UK, US, Scandinavia, Germany, Netherlands, and more to come. We'll also talk about the pandemic and how it's impacted them and their clients and what they have learned the last seven months. We'll also talk about Andrea's biggest failure and who inspires and influences him as a leader and person and how he's using ice-cold baths to keep him mentally and physically top of his game. He gives some views on how the world of hospitality will look in the next 12 to 18 months and what tech role is going to be within that. But before you tune in, why not sign up to our Maverick Community Newsletter and get great insights and leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. We all need to go through this together, so happy to talk with you about your challenges. So please book a chat with me on hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there are links in the show notes. There are many great nuggets and advice in here for any leader, so tune in and enjoy! Today, we're going to be talking about digital transformation because, the, as we talked about on a number of other podcasts, there's been a massive move uh, with companies within them focusing on especially the customer journey and how they digitalize that one. And they have maybe moved their roadmap three to five years within six months. It's been incredible to see. But today, we will take the, the conversation inside the organization and talk about the workforce, the employees, and how they actually can use tech to uh, actually digitalize their employee experience as well. So not only the customer journey, but the employee experience and actually improve productivity and also create effective communication. And for that conversation, uh, welcome to you, Andreas from, from Quinix. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Andreas, uh, I know you guys and uh, through too many years, way back from my time in McDonald's where Eric, he showed up with a uh, I think it was called Mac Time at that point, and uh, and that was the first you know touch point with with Quinix at that time. And I always been very you know personally fascinated about what uh, you know because you do workforce management and what online scheduling can do for you as an organization and a manager, because suddenly you have an overview and and a possibility to impact your organization in a very different way than you could before. I can still remember when I was sitting in McDonald's writing schedules by by a pencil. And then down with the rubber to change it in the in the in the employee staff room, 
and and the world have changed a lot since then. And, and that's some of the things we're going to talk about today. But for people out there, Andreas, that doesn't know who uh, you are and Quinix, can you just give us a bit like the elevator pitch about who you are and what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned McDonald's because that's that's where we're, where Quinix all started. So Eric, who started the business back in 2005, he was working extra at McDonald's as a 17-year-old. So it was a hot summer day uh, in the middle of Sweden, and he was working there flipping burgers. And he saw in the back of his, uh, behind him, his manager was on the phone trying to get the schedule to work, sweating, you know, trying to get people to come into work because they they took days off and things like that. And and uh, he thought, well, there has to be a better way to solve this. So he literally went home to his back room and started building the first version of Quinix that, uh, exactly like you said, it was called MacTime uh, back then. And uh, he developed it for his restaurant at, at uh, in Örebro in the middle of Sweden, and it became a success there. And then he went around and sold it to other McDonald's around the around Sweden, and then they got they found out about this at the headquarters and bought it in to McDonald's centrally in Sweden. And then it grew into Denmark, uh, I think where you where you first saw it, and then also over to the UK. So that's how our business started. Uh, and then it's been a, it's, it's been a great journey after that. And uh, I joined Eric. I, I've been in the workforce management industry for about 18 years. So right out of university, I, I started working with helping companies with the scheduling and time and attendance. But the customers I met were they were missing something. It wasn't user friendly. It wasn't good in communication. And when I I read about Eric and the he actually won a Nokia phone for his development of, of the uh, MacTime solution. I called him up and we met and he said, he showed me the system. And back then, you know, it was something completely new. It was colorful. It was web-based. It had these communication aspects. So we started working together. I started to sell the solution to other companies uh, around Sweden and then Norway, Denmark, Finland. Um, and then also continue growing the, the sales team over to the UK, into Germany, the Netherlands. And now... I moved to the U.S. Uh, a year and a half ago to help set up our business over here and, and continue the growth. So it all started with McDonald's in in, uh, in one local restaurant, and now it's grown. So we have over a thousand customers, uh, a lot of them in the hospitality retail sector, and uh, we're 280 employees now uh, worldwide. And we have offices now in Australia in Europe and in the US. So we're covering a big part of the world. So it's 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 a pretty good story, I think. I'm very proud of what we've done and how many customers and, and employees we have helped during the, during the way. Yeah, that's a quite an ex- explosive journey because it's, it, it's within a decade almost, isn't it, that all this has happened. And recently you bought a, a new company, an AI company, and everybody talks about AI. McDonald's bought an AI company last year, and now you have bought a widget brain in, in the Netherlands uh, as part of your solution. Can you tell a bit more about that? Because I think AI is very interesting when you think about the, the small margin world of hospitality and, and retail and what it actually can do for, for, the, uh, for the managers and the employees. I'm really excited about, about that. So we, as I, as I started talking about in the beginning, we, our, our solution was built more for scheduling and, and communication and employees in the beginning. So to be able to um, you know, do a good schedule, not with paper and pen, but online. 
and also to have employees being interactive with the schedule so they can have more flexibility and be more empowered by in their own life, uh, which we see creates a, a lot about more happier employees and, and happier business. Uh, and we've had forecast and optimization technology in the solution since day one. So at McDonald's, they work a lot with, you know, six weeks average, looking back how much have we sold the last six weeks and how much did we sell last year. And then we could do a combination of that. But now with the technology as it's going forward with, you know, machine learning, AI, uh, companies have come up with great technology like Widget Brain to be able to use not only one algorithm to, to try to predict the future, but, you know, 20, 25 different algorithms to learn from the past with all the rapid changes there are, you know, with events happening, with weather changing, and based on that, create a better forecast. So we started working with Widgetbrain about two and a half years ago um, with some, some very interesting customers uh, together where we, we, we integrated the solutions. And then we found, you know, more and more customers being interesting in this, and we saw the results of the customers that were that were using it. So, uh, we did brain saw the 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 power of connecting to a workforce management solution, and we saw the the power of getting this technology inside our solution. So now, we can offer AI, machine learning forecasts, and workforce optimization that takes both the business needs and the employee needs in mind to create the optimal schedule where you can sell more and you can also uh, save money on, on payroll costs. So it's, uh, it's a really powerful solution now. And, and with this, that's why when we, they had a business in Australia um, that is going really well. And they also had an office here, not too far from Boston, where, where I live up in Vermont and their head office is in Rotterdam, as you mentioned in, in the Netherlands. So, we got a boost of 50 really talented people into the company and, and now we can offer a stronger solution together. So uh, what, what is it, the, uh, the outcomes that, you know, the companies you're working with, can you give a couple of examples of what is it that they suddenly have they didn't have before? You said you had a forecasting and I, I can remember, you know, McDonald's is very known for your, your averages going back and applying that to the future. If you grew 3%, you'll probably grew 4% this year. That means you staffing would look like this the next three months and so on. But what, what is it that AI can do that uh, the forecasting tool you had before couldn't do? Yeah, it's a good question. And I, I try to keep it simple because it can be, become uh, a bit complicated. But but it's it's really looking at, so with the example I made, you know, we had one algorithm that was looking at the six-week average and, and last year. Now, an example, and this is only one of the algorithms we have now, but instead of having one of these sets, you can have 20 run simultaneously. So you can look at, you know, eight weeks back, 12 weeks back, you can, and, and the algorithm learns from the result. So if, uh, if you used one of these 20 algorithms, you know, and, and that was the best accuracy compared to the other ones, the solution will automatically focus on that algorithm and, and learn by itself all the time by looking at historical data, looking at outliers. So we can see compared with just having that historical one year and six week average, we can become much more accurate in the forecast of how many people that will come in, come in and buy a burger or, you know, buy a pair of jeans or, or things, you know, like that. So, so with the technology, when you can do a better forecast, you can also better schedule your employees when you really need them in the store or in the restaurant. So 
if that's all tied into then the workforce optimization rules. So then we can have more flexible rules. So let's say that you you will sell this many hamburgers, you have sell these many drinks, and these many milkshakes. Based on that, the schedule can can also create a schedule and also what you should do during that schedule. So it can go, you can still keep it simple just when when you need people on work, but it can also place you. So you should be you know, in back office, or you should be flipping burgers, or you should be, you know, cleaning the floor. So it depends on the appetite of the customer, we can still keep it really simple. But we can also make it very detailed, depending on on the needs. But uh, that's trying to explain very high level how how the algorithms and and how the difference is compared to, to earlier. Yeah, where I can see, you know, something with uh, with AI in many technologies within restaurants is that a lot has always been on the the, the, the GMs or the, the the responsible management team's experience within that location, and all the data you had from the past suddenly will just be gone, and uh, all that knowledge coming in as a new GM, then you have maybe. If you're really good, you will pick it up within a year. All the different trends you need to be aware of around your your scheduling and your volumes. Um, if you are a bit less experienced, three years, and you're a rookie, then it's maybe five years, and that's a long time to wait to hit the right labor and and food cost for that sake. So I guess that's where AI really can optimize that for again for from a leadership point of view that you have that data from day one. You you are no doubt about this is how it should be be done because this is how it's been done the last year or three months exactly right so there's a lot of in big organizations still a lot very dependent on you know as you say the restaurant managers with the knowledge that they have in their head and it's also what we see is even though and that's important to have that local knowledge but that can also be questioned sometimes because you know we're we're you know working the same way all the time and something that you thought were for example, before the pandemic, the truth is not the truth now after the pandemic. So to have a solution that really looks at trends and look at, you know, how the buying behavior changes, if if customers can become more data driven, um, but still, you know, have someone to also check that it really makes sense. I think that's uh, that's a very powerful combination. Yeah, because uh, there's one thing I always uh, try to say to people: take take the gut out of these day to day decision, because there is so much. The all the data you have from your different data sources, you 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 will have facts on that. But what is the like the you know besides you have this, this new exciting adventure with AI? What is the one thing that make Quinix really solve customers' problem, and what is that? Yeah, no. So it's really the combination of we our motto is you know happy workforce, happy business. So we really believe at Quinix, you know, you can have the best scheduling system in the world, but if you don't have engaged employees, it doesn't matter because they won't be as effective or productive as as you want them to be, and they won't be happy, and they will leave, and your turnover and employees will go up. So we have invested a lot in the in the mobile app, in the communication, in the engagement part of workforce management. So you know, examples like you can send out service to the employees or where they see their schedule, where they can swap shifts with each other, where they can book open shifts and see how much they make. You can also communicate. You can set out questions like, how do you feel today? Uh, how stressed are you with the COVID situation? You know, what do you have any allergies for the Christmas dinner or things like that? So it really increases the communication and engagement with the employees so that they can be more flexible in work. So it's that combination together with the user friendliness 
and saving admin time for a manager because if you um, it's very different depending on the on the restaurant or store but usually the the manager doesn't like to do scheduling they don't like to do the time and attendance and the proving like that should just go quickly and it should be correct right so if we can help the customers and the users to save you know 10 20 minutes up to you know we see 50 to 80 percent saving in time that also creates a manager happier they can be on the floor coaching the the personnel they can you know help selling and focus on things that are more productive than just sitting back door you know trying to figure out the best schedule so it's really you know the engagement piece the user-friendly piece that that saves time and also now the data-driven workforce management with the automation and, and the optimization and you, that you really can follow that in a better way yeah and i think again you know that uh, still a lot of tapping into a uh... Excel spreadsheets and uh, uh, paperwork that's processed uh, through many many retail and, and, and restaurant world. I know that that for a case, and I think it has an interesting journey coming now with uh, the new world we're coming into. So talking about the new world, the pandemic broke out and everybody has been impacted. And I guess you and your customers also got you know like anyone else surprised back in back in march when when the whole world in principle closed down and now we are opening up closing down what is happening in your world and how has this impacted your clients and what you've done what you learned yeah no good question so it's it's been a tough tough couple of months for sure for for everybody working you know within the hospitality business or, or selling into hospitality business so We've had a lot of good discussions with with many of our customers, you know, that are working in the you know food airline industry or cinema chains, and you know also fast food restaurants, you know that that has had a tough tough you know half year, almost eight months, nine months now going into now second lockdown. So we we have tried to be as flexible as we can with you know giving discounts and working closely, you know, understanding the customers and and uh, and helping out to get ready also for. For the next, uh, you know, the the new normal that is coming after this, we we see now some good news about vaccines coming, and you know, we, what we always said is this is temporary. It will be hard this coming months. We didn't know how hard it was going to get, but but yeah, it, it's been tough. But we've been really working through it, and the the positive things. I I think you can always see positive things and and you know really hard things as well, and that's been that. We have had customers reaching out and, you know, really, you know, telling us we now understand what you're talking about. The communication is so important. You know, we we really now understand how important it is to digitalize, uh, which which has been it's been good. So we still have, you know, managed to, to get some new customers and starting helping helping them. Some customers has also seen this as a you know, it's a slow time now. Before it's just been going so quickly, they know that they needed a solution like this, but now they actually got time to to implement it and get ready for when when things are opening up again. So, but um, but it's been tough for, for all of us. Uh, but I think you know we've been working great together with the customers, and, and they've been also great uh, speaking partners. And hopefully, you know, and I think that when we get out of this, we will have tighter bonds with the customers and. And also being able to help them with some of the new technology that we have now to help them even better, uh, you know, come out of this uh, faster. What has been your, like, the biggest surprise in all this, Andreas? Yeah, the biggest surprise, I think, I, I think it's been, 
the the hard work that everybody puts in you know it's 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 been it's it's funny how the human being you know reacts and 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 acclimates to you know to the new the new world and i think living here in the us i've been amazed how quickly they changed you know it felt like the the second day after you know or when this came out and they were starting with you know the lockdown over here quite early in, in massachusetts where, where i live it was you know curbside pickup right away you know how quickly restaurant owners could just you know they they were you know understood that this is going to be serious it's going to be tough but they they did something right away so they they came out with you know instead of going into the restaurants they had you know pickup spots with you know hand sanitizer and, and things like that so they they really found a way uh which which i think is is remarkable how how the human being can just you know quickly adapt and and do something that is is you know different um but a way to survive and, and the way to to help to continue to serve customers because we all need to eat and we know all need to get good service and and yeah so i um, i think that it's a great question but i think that's the what's been surprising me the, the most how, how quickly customers and and hospitality companies ad- adapted to this it's quite interesting you say customers. I talked with uh, Nick Popovici from Mojo last week around digitalization. He said that he, what he was most surprised about was actually how quickly the customer accepted using the digital devices. And actually, they were hungry for it. They wanted more <laughs> than than the operators and the tech companies to use this. They were much more ready than than anyone thought. And and they just very quickly started accepting this is the way we we do this now, and we order at our tables. We use technology to open doors and so on. And it went like within a month, you know, most people on the globe knew how to log into Zoom. So the whole how the digital skills were yeah. just adapted <laughs> so because of uh, the need and pressure in a way. And sometimes we're just a bit afraid of pushing that digitization as uh, leaders within the organization. What what do you think it's done with the whole digitization of industries uh, uh i said before you know roadmap has been pushed forward maybe five years somewhere three years some other places some people will talk about we'll do that in three years time did it within weeks uh what have you observed with the customers yeah no it, it's like you said i think the digitalization just uh has has a you know increase in speed a lot uh, we have something called q mail in, in our platform is it which is a way to communicate and it was interesting to see the amount of schedules. We can measure this because it's a cloud-based solution. So the amount of schedules went down in March, but the amount of queue mails went up. So there's the need of communicating in these tough times when you can't go into the working place and you you can't you know meet and, and talk or, or and things like that. That really showed how important you know, like I said, the Zoom or or communication within a workforce management solution and app. Like when how has my schedule been impacted of this lockdown and get that quickly out instead of having to call every single one of your your employees even if you you still need that human touch but you know you update it in the schedule and and communicate it out and and they get the information instantly so i think just those things has has in, you know increased in value even more and we we have customers reaching out to us and and you know saying that they they didn't know how they were going to you know, survive and and handle the business if they couldn't communicate in in that effective way. So, so I think and and to like, it's, I think it's a great point what you mentioned with customers because how we also adapt with you know 
uh, over here, you know, you go to a restaurant and it's a QR code for the menu. And and now that's the, the new normal. So you take your phone, you, you scan the QR code, you get the the menu. And it's almost strange when you get the handheld menu now, right? Because it's you're so used to, to the QR code. So, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see how both customers and companies uh, adapt to, to the new normal and, and the new way of, of working and, and also eating and I think one thing that's really interesting also, if you take like scheduling, I'd always said that, you know, that would be one of the first thing you do on a digitalization unit because then you are starting digitalizing your, your staff and then it's easier to digitalize your, your customers. That always been my approach. And I know other people start in the other end with the customers first. But again, what would you say the degree of uh, digitalization is when it comes to, to, to workforce management? Because I think still, my, my belief, and maybe I'm wrong here, my belief is it's still radically low, especially in hospitality, compared to, to, to many other industries. Like you said, I think we're, we're also selling into warehouse logistics, to healthcare and, and to retail. And, and uh, I think uh, especially fast food industry and, and QSRs has been quite early on, on the adaption of, of, you know, at least having a tool for, for this. We see now with the warehouse logistics, uh, you know, going up, you know, the interest from that type of customers has really increased uh, that we see. But then it's also about getting it out and, and really using it, right? You, you, you mentioned yourself, even there are customers that has a great system, but they still use Excel spreadsheets because it's too complex. And I think that's that's so important when you roll out the software, you know, to really get the users with you and to get, you know, the input from the restaurant managers and employees that are going to use the system on a daily basis to make sure that it works because other, otherwise the digitalization will, will go the opposite way and, and you will still have the, the Excel spreadsheets or workarounds. So, uh, so I think the, the hospitality business, especially that user friendliness that fast, the things need to go quickly and it just has to work um that that's so important for for it to work and it's so interesting when you say i totally agree sometimes when you get a technology you you buy the features and the benefits and you say in the the the, the leadership team yes implement it but it's not pr- properly implemented because it's a bit like anything you want to implement in your business if it's a new way it's a new way of doing business then you really have to get out to the front line and make sure they are as you say engaged in using it because not before they are you know starting using it really gonna give its its benefit back to the uh, the organization and often that work is just stopped or you stop a bit too early you don't follow enough through on it that because i I've, I've done a lot of internal workforce management system myself i've done that mistake where you thought that ah, well now they have the tool and now they're going to start using it but the problem is if they don't feel confident about using it then they're not going to use it. And, uh, so that was one of my early experience with a workforce management tool, not Quinix at that time, but a different one. What about uh, if we go a bit away from the pandemic and digitalization and talk a bit about like you as an individual, what, is, what has been one of your, I always love to ask this question because a lot of people talk about what they've done really well, but what has been one of your biggest uh, failures and what do you really learn from that? And I don't know if it's hadn't happened in the pandemic or pre-pandemic, like somewhere you really thought that really, cemented one of my fundamentals about how i do things yeah no great question and, and uh, um I, we've definitely done a lot of mistakes and i've done a lot of mistakes du- during these years and and i think the, the first that comes to mind from from kind of a business point of view is where we were going from the nordics into the uk as a business and 
we were living in, in the Nordics. Um, I was living with a family uh, outside Stockholm and, and, uh, and we, we were going to open up in England. We had a couple of customers there. We hired a country manager in, in London and we hired three salespeople spread out in the UK. And we had a, a sales engineer flying back and forward from Sweden into England. And our idea was that this would, was going to work. You know, we, you know, we can teach the salespeople in England to, to sell the product and, and, you know, everything will be great. And we can just run it from, from Stockholm or the Nordics. Um, and it was great people that we hired, but, but we, we didn't give them enough support. I didn't give, give them enough support. You know, I, I was in the, in the beginning of building a family and I couldn't travel that much. And, and they were kind of left alone on that island. And their only kind of contact with us was I was there maybe once per month and our, our sales engineer was there more often. But we didn't get the culture over. We didn't get, you know, the way of, of working and communicating. Uh, so we, we spent a lot of, I think, almost a year, year and a half before we figured it out, you know, that, you know, we, we needed to build one office, uh, you know, where everybody could meet, get energy from each other and, and you know, learn the solution we also needed people from from our company coming over to to be there to kind of uh, just in you know better the communication back to the head office and also the communication in between and also giving the trust to the customers that you know we, we were here to stay so i think we spent a lot of time and, and money on that that we if we would have you know focus more on one office if, if i would have been there from from the start um uh, and and also so, some colleagues um i think that's one of my biggest learnings from from like the internet internationalization journey or growth journey so if you're a restaurant and you're going to open up in a new country or it's so important that that you're there and, and that you're um on, on the spot so i think that's the first thing that comes up from from my business uh, side of, of of learnings I would say. And it's super interesting. And uh, I have similar learnings where, you know, just within uh, your own country sometimes where uh, you scale the business and you forget that what you're really scaling is culture and the story of Quinix uh, or what any business is. And that can't be told often enough, especially in the early years, because that actually set the foundation for performance and what expectations are and what, what, how do we do things around here. So that's a really good example. And I know how important, like, you know, it must be hard for you guys in the moment because there's, there's a, you're very focused on the, the culture element because you do these uh, workforce management days uh, you know once a year uh, i can remember they've been in london uh, and you can feel that the team is like quite tight and they, they they spend a lot of time together you can see they they build some special relationships with with each other which is often culture is about the relationship you have with each other so i can imagine right now it must be tough when you can't meet up this year and work together besides you you're having a lot of zoom calls it's something that is, of course, making things tougher now with, with, with this, especially growing the business and, and hiring new employees to the business and to get them to get that culture and energy. And I know you, you met Sam Mearson, who is an amazing guy and, and really a big key to our success you know, globally. And he came over to the, from Sweden to the UK and, and really made an impact there. And, and he took what he learned and then went to the Netherlands. And now he's done an amazing job building a team starting you know and, and get some great customers and, and culture into the netherlands and, and that's so important to to get that you know team spirit and and uh, 
and now we have to adjust and do this over Zoom and, and you know, find ways to, to get the culture and energy over. But that's something we did starting quite early in, in the pandemic, coming back to that. with I, I was, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and the power of why. And, and he, he was speaking about like how to communicate in crisis. And it's all about transparency and, and getting everybody together. So we started having twice per week, we had a global sales uh, just get together where it was just, uh, we called it the, the Quinix Connect, where everybody just got online and everybody was just speaking about like what their situation was in on the field, like if they, you know, what challenges they had. And, and it, it was a really great way to, to, you know, communicate even if we couldn't meet. And it actually got us even tighter together from a global level. So it's something we continue to do now after as well just and sometimes you know you have meetings and everybody can join and now we're in a lot of different time zones but we still have that you know connect get together where people can log in and and people were learning from each other uh, every time so that that was something that that we're now going to continue with uh, after after the pandemic and, and a good learning like a new practice about how to to build the the culture global you actually got out of you know without knowing that's what you got out of you know forced to do the pandemic that's that's super interesting what about the uh, yourself like uh, you know there's uh, how do how do you uh, keep yourself uh, sharp and mentally strong in all this because we talked a bit about before the, we started the interview you have this uh, lovely drawing behind you of uh, some uh, hills <laughs> it looks like the the tour de france as i said to you <laughs> Yeah. How, how do you how do you how do how do you do that climb? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a good question. So you know, it's um, I'm an old ice hockey player, and and I you know health and sports has always been important to me. So after my hockey career, I started biking and doing some triathlon and and working out, and and uh, but that's something I learned the hard way as well. So you know, when the pandemic hit, there was a lot of you know sitting at home, sitting in your office chair, and and I got a bad back, and I you know. Uh, they didn't prioritize, you know, the the working out and, and training. So so what I did after a while, I, I went to, I got one of those mirror. I don't know if you've seen those like workout mirrors that, that uh, Lululemon bought that you can have at your home. And so I do a lot of like yoga and stretch in front of that early in the mornings. And then uh, I actually do cold baths as well. I don't know if that's a Nordic thing, but I, they look at me strange. We have a lake not too far away from here and, and uh go down there and, and take uh just go into the cold water and it really refreshes you and it's kind of meditation and 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 gets you a you know fresh fresh uh, feeling as well even though it's really cold when and you have to breathe in a certain way so i think the combination of, of you know the mirror and, and stretching because i'm i'm really stiff after you know playing hockey for for 20 years and and uh and then also Doing those cold baths really gets like the blood circulation going, and and uh, and that breathing is good as well. So the, that's been keeping me uh, in okay shape at least during the, the, this time. I think I do cold baths myself, and it's extremely. If I can't go to a leg, I'll just do the shower for one minute or two, depending on how resistant and and uh, I will be in there. But it's really good for the immune system out there, guys, uh, as well uh, to keep the keep the keep the box away in these times. You, you mentioned before Simon Sinek is one of your sources of inspiration. Do you have other sources of inspiration? You uh, go to your mental boardroom when when you need a bit of inspiration as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. So 
So I think as many of my mom and dad has been great, great inspirations, you know, through the life, obviously. And, and uh, the, that's been, you know, two of my biggest mentors during the life. Um, and but the, other than that, I, I'm actually a big Tony Robbins fan as well. So he uh, he is a, a big uh, inspiration as well. I, I started listening to his CDs, you know, back in uh, in yeah, 2000. 99 2000 and, and been to some of his events like the unleash the power within and and uh, a really really inspiring guy and, and a bit crazy guy but it's uh it, i think it's a lot of what he talks about with you know the pain and pleasure like the, that we're driven by either the the need to avoid pain or or that you want to gain pleasure and that's you know creating your decision so that's taking the ice bath for example you know it's going to hurt in the beginning you know it's going to be cold but afterwards it's good for the immune system you will feel better afterwards and and it's things like that that are quite simple and make sense but it's i think it's he's a good guy communicating that so he's one of the inspirations you know together with simon sinek and uh otherwise it's is another guy named brandon burchard who is uh a great trainer in in public speaking and and uh and, and sales and marketing. So me and Sam went to one of his events in, in California a couple of years back, and it was really, really good as well to learn, you know, how to present, how to be active on stage and, and how to do, you know, good, good uh, verbal presentations. So, and then I, I follow a few um, podcasts. So sales inspired is a sales hacker, uh, Tim Ferris. Uh, that's, you know, as another, another very good one. I've, I've trying his fasting and, and uh, some of the stuff that he's is uh, writing about this in, in his new book, uh, The Power of Titans, which, which is another good one. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and then obviously Eric, our, our founder and CEO as well, he's been great inspiration and, and also teammate uh, through all of this. Uh, so we have a lot of good discussions and, and great leader as well for the company and always have a global vision. Uh, so... Yeah, a lot of inspiring people, and, and I think that's important to have those role models and superheroes to kind of look up to and also uh, communicate with and, and get get your perspective on different things. Yeah, it's super interesting, and I, I, I was just sitting and nodding because there's many similarities to where I would go and get my inspiration, both Simon Sinek, Jim Collins, uh, Tony Robbins. Uh, I can remember still I was invited to uh, my first event with Tony Robbins, and uh, I could tell you I'm a I'm a cynical person <laughs> from the the the, 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 the countryside in Denmark. I just thought this American crazy show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll go because I've been invited. I should be nice. But I must say, uh, and still stand by being there a couple of times now, that this is still where I've actually moved the most within those three days. It's like you go into uh, into yourself in a different way. And I don't know, you know, it's so simple what he does. And you say, well, well, everybody can do that. They can't. It's something about the energy that's creating in that room. And, you know, so anyone that's really struggling now, if they can sign up to any of that, I don't have any commission on anything for doing that but i think yeah, as you say it's it's a very powerful uh, guy to be inspired from and he's done some incredible thing i think he has 27 or 28 companies he runs now and um plus a lot of other stuff um it's a good example of also he he also so he had this big events with a lot of people in the room and now with the pandemic he does the same thing but he does it digitally so like i said if if you're interested you can go to tony robbins and you can sign up for these virtual events uh, as well 
and uh, yeah, and I again, again, I say, like, if you're struggling a bit, you will definitely get something out of that. Uh, and every time I, even if you go to the same show, I get something new. It's like you're you're building a muscle in a way with it, and I think it's incredible. But leave leave that. We are not a advertising show for uh, Tony Robbins. Now <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't stand <laughs> myself true. when you started talking about it. What about the future again? Let's look <laughs> a bit into the future. You know, you have a lot of customers in hospitality, and that's also where you started out with McDonald's. How do you, because the, the future looks, you know, quite dire for hospitality right now. We are looking at maybe 60% closure rates uh, across the globe, maybe in some countries less, maybe some countries more. What is your uh, prediction for for how hospitality is going to evolve and how are they going to come out on the other side? It's still, there's still a long journey to go. We uh, I don't know how far we are in this long, long climb we are going through. Yeah, no, good question. I, I definitely think it will bounce back. You know, it will be a bit different in the beginning, but I'm, I'm 100% sure, you know, that the, this business will, will bounce back because I think now also being in lockdown, it, it taught us, you know, to not take things for granted. And when you go out with your wife to a date and to a really nice meal, and, and I think it, it taught us to appreciate that more and how important that is to to get by and, and to socialize. So I think uh, the service will be even more important going forward. Uh, we we actually see this already in retail, even before pandemic here, with like Amazon is taking over so much so that for the retail to survive, they have to invest even more in the people, in, in the service and, in, in, you know, the experience. And, and I think that's true for for hospitality as well that historically always has been you know really good at it but i think it's going to be even more important to have really uh, empowered employees and really you know engaged employees that when the customers go out and it might not be as often but when they go out they're willing to to pay for a really good service um, and i think that's something that that we'll we'll see uh come from this um so um, I'm I'm excited for the future. I think now with the, uh, it, you know, I've been reading a little bit about you know what happened with with the Spanish flu and you know things in in the 20s and and you know then then the 30s came and and you know people were, were even more happy and you know even more you know out outgoing and and things like that. So I I really hope and think we will see a a, a really good bounce back when we can feel safe when we have a vaccine that works. And, you know, people that has been sitting at home that has this urge, you know, to get out and meet people and get good service and eat good food. I think that's that's going to come back. So it's all about getting ready for that now, of course, surviving during this time and prepare yourself with the right tools and and the right mindset during this tough time that it it is temporary. It, it will come back. It will be a little bit different. You you have to adapt a little bit, but don't forget the basics uh, with with customer service i think is going to be so important yeah i think you are you're spot on there because uh, how we will spend our food dollars will as a consumer will probably be chosen on on a different variables than before it will not be as you said it's just a transaction i just need to go out for dinner it will be well thought through and you will choose with uh, with caution because you you know everybody's gonna maybe have a little bit less or some people will have more or less than others, uh, but we're definitely gonna think about that. You know, uh, is this you know a place that is uh, delivering great service, but also how do they act as a business as well? I think there's a 
as an opportunity here to reset as well for uh, an industry that maybe already was, uh, I've talked about it before the pandemic, we are on the brink of a collapse because the the the, the, uh, the old and dusty ways we did some things where it was a bit industrialized, we were not digitalized enough, we, we forgot a bit about what hospitality maybe was about in some instances, we forgot a bit about, it's about great food, treating the the customer great and uh, and within that you know that's the the, the hospitality uh, in itself uh, and Danny Meyer talks a lot about that as well uh, from New York the run to Union uh, Square Hospitality and founder of Shake Shack he talks about you know how do you bring uh, hospitality back uh in in a new way but uh, in a more exciting way and that's the service bit as you talk about as well for for leaders out there andreas uh, in the end of the podcast we're getting to the end now um what are the uh, the your top three advice because you know uh, we are all you know sometimes we challenge through this and we're looking for you know some some thinking that can maybe guide us a bit about how we actually manage the the last mountains if we take your picture in the back we need to climb before we are in the new now yeah no good good question and uh uh, being a, an old uh, hockey player, as I mentioned in the beginning, and also you know having a, a quite big team now to 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 handle and, and to inspire, I, I think there's three words I usually come back with, and it's it's hard work, teamwork, and enjoy work. I think those those three. I mean, it's uh, to succeed. There's there's no shortcuts. You know, it, it's really doing the small things doing you know the right things of course but it's, it's putting in that work and putting in those hours that that make you exceptional and, and make you stand out from your competition it, it's really important and, and i think the second one teamwork you, you can never do it yourself even though if you're a small company you have partners that you need to take help from or you know your family or or you know it, it's all about team like teamworks make the dream work and and it's it's so true i think and and you need to have players that are good in different areas. You can't have, you know, a hundred Michaels on, on your company. You need to have different people that are, you know, contributing in, in different ways, exactly like a soccer team or, or a football team or, or a hockey team. So, uh, but then the last one, it's almost the most important one as well. I think enjoy work through all of this. You know, if you put in that much work, if you get, you know, the team working together, you also have to enjoy it. You can't just uh work hard and, and not not enjoying it as well so i think that's especially now when when you know things are tough and and you know uh we're in the pandemic i think you still should you know also make sure that you enjoy life and enjoy your work that, that you're doing uh, so if you can if you can get those three together and have a good balance on on those three i think that's that's a key to to success for me and, and something to continue working on uh, as well because you're you're never you're never done. It's always things you can improve. There's always you know things you can do. But but I think also enjoying it is is important to to be able to to uh, make it long term. I think I think that was some uh, some super advice, especially the one uh, using the word enjoy is not something we do a lot right now. But actually the importance of doing that. Uh, and actually, you know, charging energy again to go at it again because. Uh, I have my my own observation of what I can see in my own work is it feels a bit like when you know you play we we have to show up pro every day in this uh, in this environment because or else you know it takes you it throws you 
if you go in on the court and not playing your your best game. And one of my inspirations is also Michael Jordan, and he talks about these fundamentals you need to have in place if your 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 bottom fundamentals goes out of the game. There's no joy, and you can't really perform in a way. So it's about again, you know, switch off to be able to perform, and at least don't you played hockey yourself? Yeah, they don't keep on training and training and training. Uh, before uh, important days, they actually take time off and switch off, and switch off is a big part of, of enjoying it. So yeah, really, really, really relevant uh, advice, all of them, especially the enjoy bit, Andreas. Andreas, uh, thank you so much for for saying yes to come on the show and talk about your incredible journey, but also what's going on right now, what AI can do for uh, workforce management and digitalization within companies, and also your great advice in the end. So I'm sending you and the Quinix team all the power and energy and your family as well. You need to, uh, to thrive and survive in, in, in the new paradigm. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a true pleasure joining here. So thank you so much. Andreas, amazing, really interesting insights on how AI can help you making better decisions as a leader and also some great advice on how to build a strong culture and how to set yourself up to play your best game. If you want to get inspired about building stronger workforce with tech, please also check out the episode 58, The Power of Flexible Staffing with Scott Irvin, the founder and CEO of Hand. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share, rate it, review it, and subscribe to one of our channels. Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to the community and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And please also join the Game Changer Facebook group if you want to be on the forefront of what progressive leaders are up to in the hospitality industry. If you did not get this, don't worry, there will be links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and be maverick.